Hello and welcome to episode number 36 of HearthCast.com, a podcast for the average World of Warcraft player, recorded especially for you on June 15th, 2010. With your host Root, the Warlock with almost all epic gear now. And Freckleface. In this episode, we got some tavern craft news, some Blizzard-like news, email questions, our main content is our damage meters and gears for ruining the world of Warcraft. I say yes. I'll give it away. Are you giving? Oh, spoilers! <laughs> spoiler alert! Wake! I guess it's too late for spoiler alert, isn't it? Uh, we're also going to go over add another week, Root's auction house tip, Freckleface's adopt a pet, and Root's rant. This week's intro music is This Is My Life, provided by DJ Splash. You can find out more information about DJ Splash by visiting www.djsplash.hu. I'd like to give out some quick shout-outs to all of our guildmates over on Whisperwind. Those would be the people in the Titans Warriors, the Warriors of Titan, and Alf with the... Uh, Azeroth Liberation Front. And I won't make any Alf jokes this week because I notice I make a lot of them. Like, so... There you go. That's right. He's a funny guy. He is. Funny guy. Um, also, would like to thank our dear sponsors, Taverncraft and Swag Dog, for all they do. Freckleface, I noticed you are decked out in your uh, Swag Dog gear tonight. I am tonight. I wore mine last night to uh, a, a soccer scrimmage. How'd that go over? It was great. Was it? Yeah. No one said anything about it, but I felt uber. I felt Did like, you pwn? I felt like I could. If anybody had messed with me, I felt like I had... My Warlockian powers with me, so it was better Fantastic. better that they didn't mess with me. Anyhow, uh, go check out our website over www.hearthcast.com if you wish to contribute to the show. Uh, you can email us at contribute at hearthcast.com. You can send in your MP3s like DJ Splash did, and we'll get them into the show. Give you a, a shout out for your URL there too. You can always find the show over on iTunes. Just search for Wow Wow Podcast, Auction House, Auction House Tips. We come up under a lot of things. You can, and I encourage you to call our HearthCast hotline at 321-558-7637. That goes straight to voicemail, and then we get those voicemails onto the show and talk about them once they're on the show, so you actually get to be part of our show. Uh, You can always, of course, follow us over on Twitter. That's twitter.com forward slash HearthCast. And hey, when you do visit the website, do us a favor and do yourself a favor and take our survey which will help us help this make this show that much better for you. So, Freckleface, what is going on with you this week in the world of Warcraft? Well, this week I'm doing a lot of tune hopping. Mm. Got a lot of different uh, tunes that I'm kind of hopping around. Um, so, it started with Freckleface, my rogue. Right. Um, I kind of stopped doing the fishing tournament. Oh, why Part- is that? Partly because I kept losing. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and partly because I found it like cuts into my nap time. Your nap time? Yeah, about three weeks in a row, about the time it's been three o'clock. Oh. I keep on getting sleepy. Is that like, and that's on the weekends, isn't it? Yeah, it's on a Sunday afternoon. Oh, Sunday three o'clock. No, oh, that's, no that's, that's that's nap time. That's, it's been rough. It is. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and I work every single Saturday, so that's... Yeah, it's unavailable. Kind of thrown out. Um, I also bought a 3,000 gold bag. Whoa. From Harris Pilton. Wow. I will not say her counterpart's name, no. <laughs> it was called the Portable Hole. Okay. And how many slots is the Portable Hole? 24. So the Portable Hole has a slot for each hour. 
<laughs> what did you post on your Facebook this morning about a clock? It was a really bad joke. A really bad pun joke? Yes. That when a clock is hungry, it goes back four seconds. Oh. <laughs> it's like face palm. Well, anyway, so I spent... <laughs> I had been hoarding gold for such a long time that I decided... You know, shell a little out. Yeah, you got to spin some sometimes. Yeah, and it helps a little bit because I took one of my bag bags and put it to my bank bag and was able to kind of um, redistribute more bag space that way. I understand that. I'm all about that. So there's that. Okay, on my mage, basically just trying to get frost badges. That's all I'm really doing right now. Okay, is that any different than a frost emblem? No. Or emblem of frost? No, it's just what the cool people call emblems oh. of frost. Okay. I thought that's um, what the old school people called it. Back when they were badges, before they renamed it yeah, badges to something else. Something like that. Um, so you're doing what, a lot of randoms or a lot of the heroics? Randoms, or? the weekly, um, trying to do the Frost Guy in VOA yeah, both times. Yeah. Um, ideally, I'd like to get back into ICC. I haven't done that in a couple of weeks, but it just hasn't happened. It's kind of late. Yeah. 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 yeah I can see that. Um. What else am I doing? I've been leveling a pally. Ooh. Almost solely through the LFD tool. I can see that happening pretty quickly. Of yeah. course, you can also level up faster doing just PvP, like in the Wrathy Basin and everything. You don't really get that much experience from... You don't get any experience till the end of the battle, though. But That's then you the get, thing. like, an uber amount. Not you too much. Not okay. too much. I've kind of tried. and didn't really think it worked. So... I leveled the Pally up to about 36, and then just last night I got him a level 20 Priest, who I had not played in forever. Right. And tried to do random with her. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, and so I'm basically just trying to see, you know, how different it is being a healer than a DPS. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot um, more pressure sometimes. It is a lot more pressure. Um, And a lot of times what I find is, like, the, it's hard to keep up with the tank. Because I'm used to like going around, like running around, and looting everything. A lot of times you have a tank who they're used to getting things done, running around, running around, and going to the next boss. Yeah, and it's not right. so much that I'm not paying attention; it's that I'm trying to. You have a different set of responsibilities. Yeah, I'm trying to loot and I'm trying to make sure I have mana and stuff, and then you basically have to follow the tank around, or else you know he dies, never dies, and, and then they blame blah, blah. you. But yeah. we'll talk about that later. Um, what else am I doing? I found a new level of noobness while I was doing my SM. Is that Scarlet Monastery? Scarlet Monastery. All right. Yeah. What is your new level of noobness? Well, it was pretty hilarious. His tank joined kind of randomly. Okay. And I noticed as soon as he came in, the mobs are on me. Hmm. And they won't get off. And he's just standing there. And he asked somebody, like, hey, dude, what's your name? But didn't say. Because, like, what? It's just a really strange question to ask somebody. What's your real name? Like, when you just see them. Yeah. In a dungeon. But I that was that wasn't the new the newness. The newness okay. was all of a sudden he left. Not left the party, he just disappeared. Like he didn't leave the dungeon, he just ran away? No, he teleported out of the dungeon. Okay. And went to like Aberdeen. And we kinda right. see him, okay, he's in Aberdeen, okay, now he's in Darnassus. And he will not respond to anything that we say, asking him I think what happened, I think he just Got out of the dungeon. He did not leave the group. Right. And I don't think it was some guy being a jerk. I think he just didn't know what he he was doing. just didn't know. And since he didn't leave the group, we couldn't kick him because that's stupid 15-minute rule. Right. Um, I experienced that this week as well. Right. Uh, So you're just stuck there for basically 15 minutes. Yeah. And I think in my mind, I imagined him trying to respond to us in say. In say. 
And then everybody <laughs> That's why else weren't saying anything. He probably had everybody else around and go, "What are you talking about, dude?" Because <laughs> yeah. he's probably like in Darnassus or some other city, and people going, "Huh?" <laughs> and he's probably going like, "How do how do I do this? How do I get back to you guys?" He's like, what do you mean? How do you get? You're right here, dude. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so that was kind of a that was kind of funny. Um, on my mage when we were running, what did we, what had you pronounced it last week? A N the old kingdom. I did not pronounce. You that did pronounce week. it. I knew kebab. <laughs> All right, we're cool. I with had that. it written down last week. I, I was doing a new kebab last. <laughs> a shish kebab. The other day. Um, and uh, the tank. We kind of said at the beginning like, we're doing all the bosses because I need the badges. And I kind of went to myself, oh, okay. All right. Um, and a little further back after we all kind of got lost and the thing, I said, hey, can we just skip the bosses? And he said, no, I need the badges. And then no one said anything, and then he just left the group. Yeah, he's going to go find himself another group. And after 30 minutes, though. Yeah, that's right, because he's going to get the deserter debuff. Yeah. But, I don't know, it just kind of made me laugh because that's another thing that bothers me about these... Groups is sometimes you get the tanks who think that because they are leading in a way, you know, they have to go first, that it's their decision about what we do. Right, who they're going to go kill and what. Yeah, in a an instance like that, you can do basically three bosses or five. Right. And most people, well, I don't know if most people, a lot of people don't want to do all five because they just need the frost badges. So they just jump down that big, long three-story, five-story drop, whatever it is, into the water. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. No, you're thinking of the wrong thing. Am I? Yeah. But, all right, same difference. You're skipping you're skipping sub-bosses and getting to the end content of that instant and dungeon. Yeah, you have different different group members who need different things. Right. Some just want to get through the instant as fast as possible. See, some if, they, who, see if they can get their frost or their frozen orb or whatever they yeah. can. You some know. people want their triumph, you know. Yeah. And it's it's got to be a group's decision. It can't just be like, yeah, can't have I need this, right. we're doing this. That is very, very true. So they, they said in party is this nerd rage, and that made me laugh. Nerd rage. I like nerd that. Rage. I like that. Well, what have you been doing this week, Root? Well, randoms, randoms, randoms. And more That's, randoms? And more randoms. It is, I, I am getting to the point now where they're not beneficial to me as much as they were anymore. I'm still, you know, yeah, I like getting in there. I like getting the uh, frost emblems. Um, and I do like that if you forget to pick them up, they mail them to you. You have that happen? Yet? Oh, you mean like if you're... Yeah, if you Wait, what do you mean forget to pick them up? Like if, if there's a chest and you don't loot the chest to get your frost emblems or whatever. Cause I've the had frost a, emblems are not in any sort of chest. I've had them mailed to me by the postmaster. said, this was lost in another and it's yours and it's frost emblems. It's an intangible item, though. I don't know. That's what happened. I, I just figured I didn't pick it up. Are you sure it wasn't something? Are you positive. sure it wasn't a frozen orb? Yeah, I'm positive. Are you sure it wasn't something you rolled on and you uh-huh. didn't stop to... Uh-huh. That don't make no sense. I'll screenshot it for you next time. Okay. You do that. <laughs> but Screenshot or didn't happen. There you go. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. All right. But, um, but what I'm noticing now is like when gear, cloth gear for... Because I'm just I'm sticking pretty much 100% to, uh, to my warlock. And now when cloth gear drops that I can could have used, it's below my item level. And I'm really concentrating on item level and spell power, so it's like, eh, I could have needed on it, but now I don't need it anymore, so I just, eh. So I'm getting there, and I've checked with uh, wowheroes.com, and it's now got me listed uh, where I should now start be doing, start be doing? I should now be doing 
ICC Tin Mans and TCOG. I've never done that. G O T C. Think you're talking about Trial of the Grand Crusader? That's the one. I don't know if anybody who does that though. That's the problem. Yeah. I don't. I've see seen any some groups. invites before. I've only seen groups for those who are doing the achievement insanity. So I'm not even sure that is, but it's the only time I've seen people advertising and trade. Well, that's where it says I should be going now, and I probably agree with it because I'm getting to the point now, like I said, where things that are dropping I don't, I can't use, and I'm noticing like a lot of like we went through uh, the calling of Stratholme the other day, and I can remember like before I ran that with with Cannon Face for the time to run to get the mount, um, that was like a challenging instance to be in. And we ran it the other night. I mean, granted, our tank was like uber tank. And we just, it was crazy. It was like we had over 10 minutes left on the clock when we were done. It's kind of like a little Yeah, that's pretty fast, yeah. It was rocking. I mean, it was crazy. Just, we spent more time waiting on, on, what is that, Arthur walking around? We spent more time waiting on him than anything. And uh, we really, in, there was, there was something, I think that was either there or some other easy instance that I had done that I accidentally uh, hit a fear. And so this guy oh, goes no. like running off. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just feared. I'm like, guys, oh, I remember what it was. It was um, Utgard Keep, I think. Is that the one that ends with a guy that dies and comes back to life and kills you again? Or tries yes. to? Okay. Yeah. It was Utgard Keep because you know where you run around and you end up by the dragons? Well, not dragons. The uh, T-Rexes, the dinosaurs? There's like one really big one and a couple little ones. That's a different one. Is that? Yeah, um, oh. that is direct there on keep. Okay, well, I, I had to keep part right. <laughs> well, but that one ends in a dip. That one ends in um, the skeleton that turns you into a skeleton. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I love that because all I do is run around and hit four and hit the sh- like look like massive shadow bolts flying out. And I run circles. It's the only time I can run and cast, so I enjoy it. But anyhow, that one's a time that I accidentally feared, and I feared. Like one of the one of the di- dinosaur guys, and he like ran off to get the other dinosaur oh, guys. Oh, that's scary! And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, sorry. And they're like, no problem, we got this. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And so, yeah. But because of that, I think I am ready to start looking for um, some kind of a introductory rating group, newbie rating group level type thing, where I don't want to like commit to more than maybe like one night a week. <laughs> So, a casual raider type well, our, group. Well, our guild doesn't really require, like, too much of a commitment. Which is that, ALF? Yeah, they just yeah. do it late. See. I mean, they don't start till 9.30. As, as. Uh, on our time. Right, but as Pibbles pointed out, I'm old now. Yeah, I know. What, 9.30? Yeah. That's not too bad. I could probably do that. Till midnight? With enough encouragement, yeah. I could probably My do that. Encouragement, do you mean Coffee. Maybe. I was thinking tea, but yeah. Something oh, with some close. caffeine in it. Can't remember what you drank now. <laughs> Not much. Does that say Mountain Dew? And I was like, no, that's no. like six months ago. Yeah, it's so that's so last year. That's so two thousand nine for both really, of us. It really is, so that's crazy. Um and because I'm leveling my tune and by leveling the gear of my tune really, I am also spending a lot of gold on enchants and uh gems. So I'm like, you know, buying whatever the most spell power I can get per gem, you know, whether it be red, yellow, blue, or even a meta one, whatever I can get. And then I'm also doing like enchants. Like I found the enchant the other day to, uh, and this is because of WowHeroes.com. It's like, oh, you need this little enchant for your belt, so they make it a socketable belt. I didn't know they made that. 
So I you got, didn't know they made that? No. But I'm like, dude, I can get it. And I got it for like, most of them were going for like 60, 80 gold, and someone had it for 45 gold. I'm like, sold. So you bought the eternal, the tertium socket or something that you can attach to your belt. Yeah. Yep. 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 And then I dropped the, I think, I think it, whatever it was a red. It was a red. It was like plus twenty three spell power. So you know it was good. So I'm really concentrating on, on getting as much spell power and and I think spirit, as I can, uh, right now. Um, And because of all that, I've been wearing like different tabards and the different randoms that I've been doing. And so I've been getting like exalted, and I ended up getting. Northern Vanguard as my achievement, Ooh. Uh, which means I'm I'm exalted with Argent Crusade, uh, Wormrest Accord, Turncore or Kirintor rather, and Knights of the Ebon Blade or Ebon Blade, whatever. And now all I need is there's like one more Ashen Verdict. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You had to do Ice Crown for all that. Right, so well, which is what I'm playing and doing. No, I'm not. Is that Ice Crown Citadel? ICC. Yeah. Ice okay, Crown that's Citadel. what I'm planning on doing. So hey, there all you right. go. I'm in line for that. Okay. So we're good to go. Now I have seen. Usually just on Tuesdays, people are advertising for um, ICC-10. Uh, and what you want to do is, like, when people advertise for it, fresh if, you, run. if you pug it, uh, no, they'll they'll give you, like, a fraction. Right, like 112, 111. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how many bosses you want to clear out of it? Basically. And so I'll give you an example. I've done the first four bosses, you know, the little intro part. So you're, like, then, four out of 11. Or yeah, plus it, well, I did one more. So more like 5 out of, well, it's 5 out of 12. Okay, 12. Going 12 out of 12 is going to the Lich King. Yeah, yeah, I'm not ready for that. Um, And there will be people who will advertise an ICC run. They'll say, we're just doing 1 through 4 quick because you're still getting frost badges from those bosses. And some people just want to, you know, get that get that over with quick so they can sure. get, get right. more of them. So that would right, be a good right. group for you to... So look for like one to four, look for. one yeah. four or four four or or four twelve. Yeah, four twelve or 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 less or one through four. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's what I'm going to look for. Uh-huh. Um, and a huge update, huge update, huge update, huge update. Uh, I am completely in love with the remote auction house. Really? Absolutely. Did you subscribe? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, as soon as I logged in and go, the beta is over. I'm like, where do I sign up? It was that quick. And uh, I came home, and, and when I spoke with my wife, I just said, hey, that's part of life now. I'm I'm so into it. That's what it is. <laughs> and I said, Fat Wallet's going to make a killing. She's like, who's Fat Wallet? I was like, is my bank alt? Hello? Come on, woman. Don't you know me at all? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, right. You know, she is. Going on, what, 17 years being married? Here, come on. Tell me Fat Wallet is. <laughs> So, if you remember last night, well, you'd ask me, I said something about like I was spending money on gyms. And you're like, well, if you need any gold, let me know. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm good. No, you said I had to do randoms just. Oh, yeah, I had to do randoms to support my habit of buying gyms. <laughs> and you're like, if you need money, let me know. I'm like, no, 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 I'm I'm good. I said, but but ask me tomorrow because I may not be good. I forgot that you said that. Yeah, you remember that, right? Yeah, I remember okay, now. I do, I do, yeah. Um, well, here, here's what happened. I basically went out on a huge limb, and over the last couple of days, I have invested 100% of everything that Fat Wallet had as far as gold goes. Oh, my. So I was down, well, close to 100%. I was down to like maybe four gold, five gold, something like that. Very, 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 very low. And I basically said, you know what? I'm just going to gamble. We'll see what happens. I'm going to have a really cool story to tell or a really scary story to tell come podcast night. 
And I can tell you here that I have a really cool story to tell. Okay. Um, because I went from, I pretty much, let's see. Well, I didn't triple my money. But, well, maybe I did. I have 15,000 gold now. <laughs> and I had less than, I had more than tripled it because I had 4,000 before. So I think we need to start negotiating what percentage I get of your. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now, I, you know, I went from, what, 100 gold investment. Uh-huh. That was your That was your investment. And now I have 15,000 gold. Good grief. And that has 100%, well, not 100%. Well, I guess, I guess so now. I can say it 100% came from the remote auction house. Because I, from here, sitting in this, in my lovely oh, you spent office, all your money I in. spent all my money buying stuff to resell, and I've tripled my investment. Or more than tripled. It was one from four to 15. So, is that, no, it's less than, because four to be 16. What are you talking about? I, how much money I had and how much money I have now. Oh. I went from 4000 to, to 15000 Well, you multiplied, oh, 4000 15000 Yeah, okay. if it was tripled, it would have been 16000 okay. So, pretty darn close to tripling, and that is, that is just using... The remote auction house. So it is. I told you I'm in love with it. I'm I'm day trading like crazy. It's it's a wonderful wonderful experience. So, but in my auction house tip this week, we will talk about more of that and how other people can take advantage of day traders. So we're going to move on a little bit of Blizzard like news, and this story has been around for a while, but I do want to bring it back up because I think it's that good of a story. A 12-year-old uses World of Warcraft skills to save his sister from a moose attack. This is a it real, this really happened. Like, oh, a moose actually attacked? Like, yes. I didn't think they did. Up in Canada, they do crazy they things. They look so cute. When they're baby moose. Mm. But when they're big moose, then they, I guess they attack girls. Um, this is for proof that video games can teach survival and teamwork. Look no further than the story of 12-year-old Hans, a Norwegian boy who rescued his sister from a charging moose. All thanks to lessons he learned in World of Warcraft. So maybe it's a Norwegian moose and not a Canadian moose. Anyhow, Northern Hemisphere. Hans and his sister got into trouble after they had trespassed the territory of the moose during a walk in the forest near their home. When the moose attacked them, Hans knew the first thing he had to do was taunt and provoke the animal so it would leave his sister alone so she could run to safety. So I guess he's using a taunt ability, which would be what? Warrior? Well, a lot of them have taunts. A lot of classes have taunts. Yeah. Um, it says taunting is one of the moves in the World of Warcraft to get monsters off of less than well-armored team members. So I guess his sister wasn't armored up during... Not their... as much as him, I guess. Apparently, no. Uh, once Han was a target, he remembered another skill he'd picked up at level 30 in World of Warcraft. He feigned death. So he just dropped to the ground. Huh. On the ground. The moose lost interest in the inanimate boy and wandered off into the woods. When he was safely home, Hans ran back home, or I'm sorry, when he was safely alone, Hans ran back home to share the tale of his video game-inspired survival. So he pretty much yelled at the moose and then laid on the ground and then attributed all of that to World of Warcraft. That's pretty awesome. It is. So... You know, if you're looking for another reason to talk somebody into playing the game, hey, life-surviving skills that you can learn here. And it just sounds a little scary to me, you know. What if he'd done something else? What if he decided he thought he could sneak up and ambush the moose or... Eviscerate it, yeah. What if he eviscerated it? Tried to. Or then, like, tried to loot it. Or skin it. 
Or pickpocket it. <laughs> or, or like try to cast the shadow bolt. That mm. wouldn't work at all. No, that wouldn't work at all. You'd just Would've be been. sitting there. <laughs> and see, no one can see your hand motions. <laughs> just making a weird noise. Thank gosh, huh? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And another news, Taverncraft announces a new World of Warcraft Murloc Stein. And what's it called? <clears throat> you really want me to pronounce the name of this? Yes. Um, Stein is now available for pre-order. Taverncraft announced the next Stein in this epic collection series, a new Stein entitled features Azeroth's wildly popular Denizens of the Deep, the Murlocs, illustrated by premier fantasy artist Matt Cavado. The Stein features numerous Murlocs throughout, including Winterfin Oracle, Bluefin Murloc, and Murloc Tidehunter, and is topped with an exclusive Murloc-themed solid pewter lid. Uh, each epic collection Stein stands over 10 inches tall and is handcrafted from authentic fine-grained stoneware and features panoramic bas-relief sculpting and a solid pewter lid. The new Stein can be pre-ordered at wildsteins.com for $9.99.99. That'd be $99.99, less than $100, or €81.99 each. And the other World of Warcraft Epic Collection series are currently available for the same same price. And I can attest 100% to the quality of these Steins because I've got one sitting on my desk. And the pewter lids are quite heavy. And it, they take people by surprise when they lift the lid and they accidentally almost drop it up back on top of the ceramic stein part. I want to point out that the title of this uh, little article here was called A Mouthful of Morlocks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. This is strange. So what is in our email bag this week, Freckleface? All right. Our first one is from... Surreal. Surreal. Oh, Surreal. You like that, huh? Oh, it's like an alternate spelling. Yeah. Kind of like Freckleface. No. Vanilla. No. Oh, vanilla uh, is so. Of what? Of vanilla. No, it's pronounced different. It's vanilla. All right. It all sounds right. the same to me. Uh, whatever. All right. It says, hey, guys, love the show. As we all know, Cataclysm is not too far away, and I wanted to make an alt to level through the new content. I'm going to do that, too. I really want to play Priest on Alliance side, and with the new race class combos, all alley races can be Priest. Yes, even those cute little gnomes. Gnomes are cute. They are. But my question is, what race do you think is best for an Alliance Priest? Both in racial abilities and look and feel. Thanks, love the show. It also throws in also from my unusual email address, it was required for Guild I was in. Silly, I know. Which we don't publish the email address. Oh, we'll just say so. it used his character name as oh. part of it, and it's kind of odd. It was was it surreal? Yeah. No, I mean, was the experience surreal for you? No. Just odd. It was odd that they would make him create an email with his character name for the guild. Yeah, it's strange. I can see that though. Yeah. Because a lot of people, a lot of guilds will associate you with you, but not. Why do you need to email your guild though? Your guild might email you. Why do they need to email you? Well, for updates and stuff, let you know that there's raiding and then they're doing this. And they're I doing don't know. That. That's too intense. That's too hardcore for me. <laughs> well, I mean, like a lot of times, for instance, like if you are on your guild and you come in as Freckleface and then you bring your alt in and it's like something else, people still call you Freckleface. Yeah, they do. So that's, you know, the same thing. They don't want to, they don't want to email Bobby Joe at hotmail.com when they can email 
surreal at hotmail.com or whatever. Because that takes away from the overall immersion experience of the game. Fair enough. All right, but to their question. Okay, we change the question. <laughs> uh, well, I have a few thoughts about this. I don't All know right. what your thoughts are. Um, well, you do know what my thoughts are because you asked me earlier and I told you. You said something really bizarre and like made some. You said da 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 da. Because I can't spell drain eye <laughs> or draining or whatever. Well, speaking of drain eye, they do have a racial ability called Gift in a Rue. It's a hot a heal over, heal over time, time, not a dot. Damage over time. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, he did not. Uh, Surreal did not specify whether they want to be a healer priest or a DPS priest. This is true. So shadow priest. Shadow priest that probably won't have much. So that right. kind of affects what the answer is. Um, but the difference between this ability and a lot of other racials is that something you can cast on others. And most racials you yeah, cannot. That's true. <laughs> because I've I've cast that before. Because I have a drain eye priest. Mm-hmm. And I've I've cast that before. People win at the like you know at the last moment. I've got nothing left. We're all out of mana. I'm just... done. I we're tapped. I'm like you know what? Boop! Hit it. Yep. So yeah, I can see that. All right. There's another thing to consider is that gnomes have five percent increased intellect as one of their racial abilities. So that can be beneficial no matter if you're going shadow or a healer. Yeah, because it helps out on the for a priest. So absolutely. You know. Also, worgens. The new class coming the up. New in, class. One of the new classes coming no, up. No, the in new cat- race, not I'm the sorry, new class. Right. Uh, okay. Okay. New race coming up in the new race coming. One of them. Uh, they have a racial to increase damage by one percent. So if you're going to be a shadow priest, that would help. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. My only other opinion is, don't put a male dwarf in a dress. I don't like that. It don't look right. A male dwarf in a... Oh, you mean like a, cl- a robe? Yeah, like if you're going to be a priest, you have to right. wear a dress, right? A robe, yes. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a dress, because my warlock's in a robe. Okay. Okay. Well, I just think the male dwarfs... The male dwarf priests look odd. I could see that, because that would That's be... That's my uh, opinion. That's just me look-wise. I yeah. mean... Now, I mean, they ask about other things. They ask, you know, which would be more beneficial... And look and feel, as well as racial Well, how abilities. do you know what it feels like? What do you mean by feel? How the character interacts, how it flows, you know, just oh, and how, how you know. And that's going to be a, largely based on someone's opinion. I personally, I like gnomes. I've played other races, and I like gnomes. I just, to me, they're funny. I do like gnomes. I think, I think a rogue is still the best class for a gnome. But that's my opinion. We played with a rogue warrior the other day, and I didn't particularly like him. Oh, they're so cute. That Like, when they're females... And this was a male. They're so cute when they're tanking. Yeah, he kept oh. losing aggro. He oh, died that's not like, so cute. He died probably... And this was this one was in that one with the guy who dies at the end that comes back to life. you got to kill him again. Uh, but... You can. Yeah. That's card to keep. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he literally died no less than six times. But... And I don't think it was his fault. I mean, he was he was severely undergeared, and we knew that. And he would just he'd run in like a crazy little gnome, like he had something to That's prove. That's adorable. He'd just be like charge and four <laughs> on. He he actually he charged emote charge like every time. That's adorable. It was annoying. Oh, I bet it's adorable. Oh, well, anyways, um, it was cool having another gnome because you don't get a lot of gnomes. So. That's true. Well, I mean, do you have any opinions on it? 
Other than the Draenei, no. Um, I don't. I mean, like I said before, I I, I particularly like the gnomes as as the as a model, um, more so than even the even the Draenei. I'm not I'm not fond of them. I don't like their legs. They bother me. The hubs. Yeah. Yeah. They they bother me. Plus, you know, not not being a big lore person, I really don't see how the Draenei fit in into the whole World of Warcraft. I know they crashed landed their spacecraft, but I don't know. I don't know what they're doing there. I don't know why they don't why they don't leave or anything else. So it's kind of like a they just got stuck there. So well, and something got corrupted. Okay, what happened to them? Well, do you remember in Outland, um, all those kind of shriveled up people, like a, you know, in the temple in Hellfire Peninsula? Yeah. Okay, those are all. Well, those are corrupted Draenei. Yeah. Oh. oh okay. Like I said, I'm not much of a lore person, so I don't know what they're doing there. They're blue. They have tails. They're like goats. They're like goat people. All right. I'll give you that. Yeah. But, yeah, I like the racial ability of having that gift of the Nairo. Yeah. Uh, so that part I like. That's the only That's the only reason I would keep them as a priest. So. And I guess to me, like, going back to the gnome thing, like, just the way they talk, their emotes, like, they, they're very technical. Yes. And that's why I like them as a rogue, because they have the little pick locks and... Um, right. Plus, they're, they're, they have an engineering. Yes, uh, they have racial. an. Yep, we're about to say that. So, and it doesn't to me fit in with the, the priest thing. So you could be a, you know, here's something you could consider. Maybe if you were a known priest, you could also, in addition to having your res, uh, you would also have your gnome jump cables if you were an engineer priest. Well, you can be an engineer priest no matter what race you are, though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but as a, as a gnome, you have your. Engineer bonus. Oh, I see. Bonus to engineering. So, there you go. Just saying. <laughs> so, I don't really know if we answered that question or not. Yeah, we did. Draenei. Okay. Is our, I think that's our collective thing is go with the Draenei because they have the gift of the Nairu. Well, there's that. I still like the dwarf priest for females. But not a male. No, not a male. Yeah. The dwarf priest just looked better in a dress. The dwarf female priest yes. looks better in a dress, but the, the dwarf male priest does not. Yes, like the, the dwarves to me look better than humans and Draenei. All right, well, I'll give you that because I don't like the way the Draenei's look anyhow. Right? I mean, they're, like so. their bodies are angled weird, and like the yeah. the humans, they're just disproportionate. They remind they got me of the bar- big hands. <laughs> yeah, like they remind me of the Barbie dolls I used to have when I was little. They had just like gigantic. Barbie dolls torso. Your parents buying you. The kind that they made. They made them with like, like Mattel Barbie? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you know they did they a thing. They made them with like thirty two double right, Ds. Right. And they did a thing yeah. on there one day that said if Barbie was real, this is what her body would look like. Yeah, was that was completely... that was before they kinda reshaped her. Now they kinda made her more proportionate. Yeah. But like the dwarves they have nice figures, I think. They're more realistic. I think they look better. You know, they, they talked about this on a podcast, uh, I think it was Wow Insider. Um, last week, and it basically kind of said one of the things that that can, or what contributes to that is, we all know what a human being should look like. So when they look really weird, um, it bothers us. Versus dwarves or gnomes or draenei or anybody else, we don't have an expectation of what they look like, so we accept what they look like in the game more easily, more rather you know than we do what the humans look like because we go look, they just got huge hands. And a really weird face, and whatnot. So yeah, 
So that was that's kind of what they taught him. But I can absolutely see that. So. All right, we have another uh, email this week. This is from Kendalix. It says, hey, guys, just wanted to say love the show. I have been subscribed since day one. I didn't know we had listeners until like six months later. We, we had a couple new, yeah, we, we yeah. had them. Right. They were there. Love the chemistry and the way you guys attack each topic. I can also feel your guys' heart and love for the game, and that is why this is my favorite podcast. Anyways, I'm 14, 15 in August, and I started a blog. It's called judgedbylight.blogspot.com. And please check it out. Let me know what you guys think. Thanks a lot. Did you notice that he signed his name Kinlix, but his character name was Kindlix? I mean, it was a typo. One was a typo. Oh, so is it Kinlix or Kindlix? I don't know, because I misread it and thought I said Kleenex. So I got a little dyslexic on it. So there you go. I know, whatever. But I did check out his um, judgedbylight.blogspot.com site, and it's 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 a new blog. Uh, he's going to basically detail his his um, leveling as a pally as he's going through it. And he's he's been around WoW for since vanilla days, since really since early 2006. on. 2006. Yeah, and he's yeah. been in and out of the game for different reasons. Um, so he probably has a lot to contribute as as he's going to be. Uh, leveling his tune and bringing probably a lot of insight uh, to his blog. So I would definitely, I think we're going to have a link to his blog up on our show, up on our, up on our show, up on our site here soon. Um, so we can drive him some traffic that way and get get him some more readers over there because that would be kind of cool to uh, check him out. Now, on to our main content this week. And we had put out the All Points Bulletin. For users and listen or listeners, not users, uh, listeners to um, contribute their opinions as to uh, the question being: Are damage meters and gear score ruining the game of World of Warcraft? And we were—I don't think I would say overwhelmed with the response. I think the right word there would be underwhelmed. Underwhelmed with the response because it was a big fat goose egg. Um, so we're just going to tell you our opinion. Yeah, it's not going to deter me whatsoever, you nope. know. So uh, we even gave him extra time for that. We, we did. We put off this week. episode. We did. Extra week. An extra week. And but you know what? I think I think people are afraid to voice their opinions. Think so. On this one, yeah, and they could have done so anonymously, but that's all right. It's cool because I will voice mine on the podcast and suffer the ridicule and backstabbings of, of probably a lot of the community. Now, damage meters. Um, here's the issue I have with the damage meter. There isn't a real reason to have one. I mean, they have the game provides a mechanism to see what kind of damage you're, you're putting out already. You've got the, uh, the the targets. You have the different targets you can go practice on uh, the t- the target dummies in the different cities. You know, you can go smack them around, and it tells you. What your damage you're doing on those things? You go, right, I'm hitting it for this. I'm critting for that. I know what I'm getting. Uh, your damage meters, you know, unless I guess really the only place I could see them that would be worthwhile is maybe in a PvP scenario, because there's no no fighting anymore is is simply tank and spank. Every single relevant fight has someone doing something that decreases their personal DPS, um, but. If that person who's you know isn't focusing on DPS doesn't do the job, the entire raid could wipe. So there's too many people basing my opinion 
they're walking around and going, you know what, your DPS sucks. Um, and again, while DPS is important, it is not everything in the game. And when you get to the DPS meters, they simply lie. Absolutely, bottom line, they lie. Lie, lie, lie. The reason they lie is because they don't take they don't take everything into an effect. They don't account for everything that's going on. I could be in a fight, and I could be like, oh, out of range with somebody else's DPS meter. I could be lagging behind a little bit. I could be running around the corner, haven't engaged in the fight. Who knows what? And then when somebody puts up their DPS meter, I mean, I have seen this happen now probably three or four times, where two people will put up their DPS meters, or you know, whatever happened in the fight that they claim that they saw in the fight, and they're not the same. They're different. Most of the time, in fact, all the time, they have themselves listed, if, if they're DPS, if they're a healer, not so much. But if they're actually doing any kind of damage and they put out their DPS meter, they are always literally number one. And then you get two guys who put out the DPS meter, because typically the people interested in DPS meters are typically the tanks who are doing the most damage anyhow. And when, or rogue sometimes, or mage sometimes, but when they put out their DPS results, they're always number one. And so you have two people who blast, you know, spam their, their DPS meter results to, to the to the channel. And then they argue and complain about the other person's DPS meter isn't right. Because they have the other person listed as number one and not them. They're like, no, no, look, my damage meter says I'm number one. And the guy's, well, so what? My damage meter says I'm number one. And really, it doesn't matter. Because, I mean, the fight's over. You know? Did we wipe? Did we survive? Did we win? Whatever. You know? The, the damage doesn't doesn't matter anymore. Also, when people use solely damage and DPS meters to determine how well their class is doing from a PVE standpoint, they're not looking at the whole picture. So they're not really making getting to an informed conclusion at all. As I said, there's more to the event, the fight, than just how much damage you've put out. Case in point, when you and I were doing uh, VOA, as a, as a caster, I'm concentrating on the boss until those little frost balls things come out. Now I've got to frozen switch. Orbs. Right. I have to switch away and i got to go kill the frost balls. <laughs> or you like to call them the frozen, frozen orbs. Frozen orbs. So I, right, the frost balls. So I've got to go attack those. And so, you know, my DPS now is going to be that much lower because I have to switch targets. So there might be a pause between my rotations. So you can't come back and go... You know, hey, your your DPS was lower than this guy's. I'm like, well, you know what? You're not considering that I have to change targets and do other things and there are other mechanisms in the game or in this particular fight that I've got to worry with. So it's not a fair assessment. Overall damage is not a fair assessment to how well you fought in the fight. And that's how I feel about damage meters. Now, gear score. Oh, well. Oh, you want to interject. Okay. I do want to interject. Interject um, away. Okay, well, I don't think it's correct just to say that the only time you really need damage meter is at the targets. And the reason is, is because when you're by yourself and using those training dummies, that only tells you what your DPS is in that situation. Now, my DPS has about uh, 6,000 range, depending on what scenario I'm in. Okay. Like, if I'm in a five-man dungeon, it's about 3,000. If I'm really buffed in that dungeon, you know, maybe 4,000. Mm -hmm. If I'm an Ice Crown, you know, it's more like 9,000. There's just a big difference. Right, because you have the overall buff going on anyhow. Right, exactly. Um, but when it's a useful tool is uh, for bosses, 
And a lot of the raid bosses have an enrage timer. Which means if you don't beat them within, like, let's say five minutes... They become enraged. They go crazy and they basically kill everybody. So you have to be able to look at it and say, okay, are we going to be able to kill this boss? It's not just can we kill this boss, it's can we do this in a specific amount of time. And to be able to do that, everybody has to have a certain DPS. So, like, if you go into something new and, like, you know, wipe a few times, you know, you do some calculations, you look it up, whatever, and you can say, okay, well... You know, we have five people who are doing under, you know, a certain amount of damage, so it's probably not going to work this time around. And that can save you a little trouble than just wiping repeatedly. All right. Well, now, and it, we'll get to kind of what you're saying, because I hear what you're saying. Uh-huh. And I'll get to something that kind of aligns with what you're saying in just a little bit. Okay. But I see what you're saying. Okay. That it does serve a purpose. And I do totally agree with you about everyone has to do something that decreases their DPS. Um, I don't think switching targets should be one of those things, though, because you mentioned the frozen orbs. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be something that you should work on to try to not let that decrease your DPS, you know. Um, I know when I'm doing that boss, I have a macro that does target frozen orb. So while I'm casting, I'm also spamming that until I actually target an orb. Right. And then I can just switch over pretty easily. That's a good idea. I might have to implement it. Hmm. Huh. Um, but I also, as a mage, I decurse. Correct. And this isn't really um, too relevant with current fights now, but back in Obsidian Sanctum, there was uh, mobs that did a curse of mending, in that they would put this curse of mending in everybody and just basically heal themselves. Heal them. right. So if you did not have somebody decursing, everybody would wipe. Mm-hmm. So when I go back and do that, yeah, I had to spend a lot of my time doing that instead of DPSing. Right. So in that case, to look at the DPS meters to judge how well people are doing, you know, that would be unfair. Right. And that's where you have to know the role that you're playing. Yeah. You know, so, and that, again, you'll see a little more of that in just a second. Oh, okay. So you'll see that we align a little, oh, well, bit, a little okay. bit better now. All right. Now, switching over to gear score. Um, now, my opinion gear score is that in concept, it's good. But the way it's been implemented and the way it's being used by people is wrong. And it is damaging the game of the World of Warcraft. Now, just a little bit of history, a little bit of background here. Every item in WoW already has a number. It's called its item level, or they call it eye level as well. Um, now, looking at like the you know, Naxxramas 10-man raids, the first raid for level 80, item drops are eye level 200. The same... Level system is used for every single slot that you can possibly have uh, something equipped on. Now, gear score is going to use that number as its base, but it weighs the different slots differently. So, in other words, a DPS character with an excellent weapon is going to get a gear score boost, but a DPSer that has a really lousy weapon but okay gear overall, he doesn't get pulled down a little bit. So, it weighs each one differently, even though each item has its own particular gear score. Now, if you total up your gear score, or you total up your item score to get your gear score, rather, you'll see that while in and of itself has a mechanism that's going to prevent you from going into a particular, you know, you're not geared for this yet. You don't don't try to go here. You can't even get into, like, I can't get into, uh, I guess it's ICC25 or whatever. You can't even use the raid browser. You could get in. Can, you cannot use the raid browser to go in. Right. No, you can't because yeah. it's, like, grayed out. I can't even select Locked. it. Yeah. Yeah. So... WoW is already going, <laughs> don't even bother. So they're already telling you, 
You don't you don't need some guy to look at what's your gear score uh, to tell you you can or cannot do that instance. Now, if you look at it like Nax is about uh, three thousand two hundred. Olduar is four thousand. Trial of the Crusaders forty five hundred. Ice Crown is fifty two hundred. So you can see they progressively get, you know, presumably more difficult because it's requiring a higher gear score. So it can either absorb more damage or do more damage accordingly. And as I mentioned, if if you're not geared high enough, no, which if your gear score isn't high enough, WoW itself already locks you out. You can't go in. So here's what happens. The problem. The gear score can be manipulated very easily by people with off-spec gear that looks impressive to the gear score add-on, but in reality it's detracting from the actual player's overall performance in the game. Gear score also doesn't take into account the player knowledge of the Raider dungeon. I could have run something 30 times and know exactly what to do, where to do, when to do, how to do, and happen to have really lousy gear. So my gear score will be very bad, however, my knowledge of that, of that instance or that dungeon or that raid or whatever might be very, very high. Or I might be on an alt. And I have, you know, again, maybe my, my other character, my main, is like uber geared with, you know, tier 99 stuff that they don't even make. And my alt might have like, you know, blues. That doesn't mean I don't know the instance. Gear score doesn't take into account player abilities or inabilities in any way. Again, just because I may have like really, really uber gear and walk in somewhere and be like, I'm all geared out. But I may not be, you know, either used to playing my class or, or playing my class wrong or not, you know, not used to a particular instance or raid or whatever. So my ability or inability is not reflected on my gear score. Maybe I just got lucky and got good drops. Gear score also doesn't take into account who is actually playing that tune at that time. A lot of brothers and sisters and fathers and daughters and siblings and cousins and friends play each other's accounts even though it's expressly forbidden forbidden by Blizzard. People share accounts all the time. So this guy could come in and he'd be like, oh my gosh, this guy's gear score is like off the charts. Look at his gear. Look at what he's got. He's awesome. Get him in here. We need him for the raid. And it could be like, you know, well, my husband's taking a nap, so I'm going to play his warrior. Oh, it has to be yeah. the wife. It ha- the, it's the yeah, wife. Okay. The wife. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Trying to do something nice for her husband. The intentions are there. They're well-placed. Trying to get my husband some frost emblems from ICC-25. Because he's sleeping. He's napping. It's 3 p.m. on Sunday. Is this wishful thinking for you? No. (laughs) No. My wife has played... Well, she walked around Ironforge once. And... Wasn't impressed. No, she was impressed, but she didn't, she couldn't, there was too much going on. She didn't get it. No. When you combine the improper implementation of the two things, of both damage meters and gear score, when you, when you combine those two improper implementations, you have a basis for both improper exclusion or inclusion of a person and a wrong set of criteria in which decisions and opinions are formed. You can't go on just the data alone. It doesn't work. The mechanics of a fight, knowing how you play your tune, are more important than how much damage you do or what kind of gear you have, bar none. It's not about spamming a single spell or ability anymore. It's knowing your tune's abilities and when to use them. Now, you already covered that. 
a little bit ago by saying, look, when I was a mage, I had to do this, that, and the other. As a warlock, there's a lot of stuff going on. Not all the time, but there's stuff you need to do as a warlock. Um, I may have to summon somebody. Not so much anymore because of the nice summoning feature that's in, you know, but I might be somewhere else. We might be in a party somewhere else. I may have to summon somebody. might not be in an instance or a dungeon. We might be on a quest somewhere and i got to summon somebody. You know, um, I have to soul stone. i got to keep my soul stones up. As you well know, that's priority number kind of like up towards the top for me as opposed to taking tasty cupcakes <laughs> from somebody. Like, I have to have a tasty cupcake buff on me at all times. Do you? Yeah, on my on my tunes they have the perfume up and the tasty cupcake. Really? Buff, yeah. Uh, okay. I have my firecracker salmon thing, whatever. That saying? gives you spell power. It does. Forty six. Because you need it. I do. Um, a big thing that's coming more into play now than I've ever seen it before is the the demonic circle that the uh, the warlocks have, and that's our little five minute teleport. We drop our demonic circle at a certain point, and then we run in and do whatever we have to do. So if I have that demonic circle out of range of something, and um, some you know I could get cast something could cast me that immobilizes me, I can hit my demonic stor- uh, teleport demonic circle teleport. It's an instant cast, requires no mana, and it gets rid of most all snare effects on me. So also if something you know if I'm if we're fighting a boss and the boss has a a range or like he's going to do something like explode or spew stuff all over the place or blind people or whatever. As soon as that warning comes up, I can just teleport out of range. He boom does his stuff and I can come back in and start my DPS and before anybody else is even back ready yet because they're all stunned. Losers. Um, I've also got dots, AOEs, and I've got dots with AOEs at the end of it. So there's so much more going on than just how much damage a person can put out and how much gear score they've got, how much uber gear they've got. And the, if you if you take either a damage meter or a gear score and you use it improperly, which I think about 99% of the people are doing in today's game, then you end up with, you know, a one-way ticket on the failboat. Toot, toot. So when you say it's ruining the game, like what, what exactly do you mean by that? What I mean is you have too many people who... You know, you see it all the time. When you know they they start advertising for people to come on a particular raid with them, and the first thing they want to go is, hey, they, they want to know their gear score. They want to know, you know, like how much damage they're doing, and they want to know. Of course, the one that makes me laugh even more is how many achievements they've gotten out of something. And all the achievement proves is that tune was there, not what they did, or how they or did. Or if they know the fight. Or if they know the fight. Or I mean, I got an achievement once, and I was lost. I got lost from my party. <laughs> couldn't find them. I knew where they were on the map. I couldn't get to them on the map. And I could hear the fight going on. It was like on the other side of a wall. And I couldn't figure out how to get on the other side of the wall. And then they beat the boss. I got the achievement. And I got the, the boss loot. But I wasn't anywhere near that fight. And so when people post for achievements and gear score to prove that you can be in a raid, I think it's pointless. And they base their opinions on who they're going to bring to a raid on that. I think that is what's ruining the game. You shouldn't... WoW's already telling you. The game already tells you if you can go to a raid or not. You know, yeah, would I want... If I'm if I'm putting a raid together, would I want the best of... The best DPS I could get? The best geared-out person I could get? Absolutely. However, again, that doesn't tell me enough. I want to know more about, hey, how many times have you, have you run this? What was your success rate? How many times did you wipe? What did you do when you wiped? You know, 
How many times have you gotten kicked out of that rate? <laughs> That's what I want to know. So I just think that the reason it's ruining it is because people are implementing it wrong and basing their decisions on that information incorrectly. You're scowling. Not scowling. I'm no. contemplating. Okay. No, I mean, you brought up some really good points. And from my perspective, I actually like the gear score add-on. I think it simplifies things for the better or worse. Okay. All right. Because on the one hand, you mentioned all the variables that affect how a person plays. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, that's true. It is helpful for when you're doing something fast, like you're trying to get, let's say, a VOA together. You're on a time limit. You know, you might not have time to interview everybody to find out how good a player they are. But if you can kind of do a quick scan and say, okay, we have, you know, 10 of these people have a 5,800 gear score, and, you know, a few of them have, you know, about 3,500 or so, and everyone else is kind of in the middle. It's like, okay, I think we got a pretty good group. It still might fail. Still, might think, still things might go wrong. But at that point, it's a number that applies to everyone the same way, whereas, you know, the deep, the damage meters, the healing meters, they affect different classes differently. Mm-hmm. And there's still really not a meter to tell how good a tank you are. <laughs> Aggro meter. <laughs> well, I mean, there is Omen, which is a threat meter, right. but that only kind of works in battle. Right. doesn't really track your stats or anything like that. I've got that. I like Omen. Yeah. Because it lets me know when I've pulled Aggro away from the warrior yeah. or whoever's up to the tank. What kind of bothers me is one thing people... It always seems like whenever someone mentions gear score in trade chat, it starts up this flame war. Huge flame war, absolutely. And a, lo a lot of people do hate the gear score for the exact same reason that you do, but they spend so much time arguing about it. And to me, I think it has its place, but it's not, it shouldn't be as exclusive as people do it. Because right now, you know, you can just say, hey, I have such and such gear score, and you can get into, you know, pretty much any guild you want to. Whereas, you kind of think back in the day, you used to have these guilds that have these interview processes, mm -hmm. you know, like the Vanilla WoW, to find out all this stuff, to find out, does someone else play your account? What kind of experience do you have? Are you a good player? Are you, you know, all this stuff. You don't really see a lot of that anymore. And people are finding it a lot easier just to get into pugs, to even do in-game content right now. Because they have, like, that one number to say, hey, basically, I can do anything. Right. Now, I think... Coming up, probably, we'll see what happens by the time Cataclysm gets here. But I feel that Blizzard will make some kind of inherent change to the game that will render the third-party gear score obsolete. And the reason I feel that is it's creating a lot of strife in the game. You know, a lot of people are... Anytime, anytime there's something that causes a little bit of controversy in the game, a lot of times they will ban or get rid of or change a game element so that you no longer need that add-on. Sure. And uh, I think that'll happen with Gearscore because, like you said, you get so many arguments in trade chat or ones that, that spew over into a party. You know, I've you know, it's been a couple times where I've jumped into a, a pug and all of a sudden somebody's, you know, they're, they're popping off gear scores, And it's like, it's a pug, guys. Let's, let's just go. Let's go, let's kill, let's get our frost emblems and have a nice day. Or if you get a really good pug, then you need to do multiple, you know, dungeons together. But, yeah. 
good idea, bad implementation is how I feel on both. Okay. Um, so, and I'm noticing it. It schools out. So, I'm noticing it a lot more that people are relying on <laughs> on what gear score they have and what damage they're doing, you know, versus how to play the game because, you know, the and I'm probably gonna get you know you can send email to contribute at hearthcast.com with your opinion on this, but it's the Xbox generation that only cares about what they can kill and what they can get versus the actual mechanics of a fight. Whereas I can see that. I think I'm beginning now, my opinion is changing a lot into thinking there's more mechanics involved to different fights versus just kill the boss. So and I think that's gonna become even more apparent once Cataclysm gets here. Because when you go back and you look at the earlier implementations of of dungeons there were, I mean, or zones even. I mean, how long were dungeons before? It took you an hour to do one. Or more. Or more. Um, and now, you know, they're set up to be, you know, except for the bigger ones. Well, even the bigger ones are set up where you can save your progress through them. And you're looking at probably 30 minutes or 45 minutes for each section, on average, I would say. So the, the dungeons are now more geared or more designed, rather, for you know, how how people are playing as far as you know what people want and while blizzard themselves are guiding people through this this experience and how they should play the game what they're going to get out of the game you got to remember that that blizzard you know when it comes down to to, to brass tacks they're telling a story you know as convoluted as it is cuz you can jump to any part of the story at any time they're still telling an overall story in the game so it's just crazy that you can repeat the same part and kill the same people and do the same quest and jump from chapter to chapter in the story all over. But they still want you to experience that story. And if your version of that story is, I'm just going to kill things as fast as I can and get loot, that's not the story they're telling. And so they will put mechanics in place to prevent that from happening. They'll protect the lore. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, it sounds very dramatic. It does. It does. <laughs> So, um, now that I have put my opinion of those out there, we welcome anybody's opinions back. Again, just, you know, you can either hit us up on Twitter or contribute at hearthcast.com. Which is really the best way. It is. Um, just let us know if I'm right, if I'm wrong. We'll hear what you have to say about it, and we will share your opinion on our podcast. Our add-on of the week this week, Freckleface, is one that I have recently discovered and absolutely Love, because it has made Fat Wallet almost three times the amount of gold in a very short amount of time. Oh, oh. tell me. It is called Auction Scan, and it is known as the must-have add-on for Auctioneer. Now, this is Auction Scan is a World of Warcraft Auctioneer add-on. This actually is an add-on for Auctioneer, and it runs completely outside the game. And it uses the Auctioneer's Lua files, the LUA files. So you need to have at least Auctioneer 4.0 installed on your World of Warcraft PC or computer in order uh, to use this particular thing. So what it does, it goes over and it grabs the LUA files. You can have these on your computer at work, which I do, on the road, wherever you are. You don't even have to be logged into the game. And it gives you data about the auction house. 
It is not a mod, but it's a self-contained application used as the auctioner data files for reporting general information about auction house items. So you can have your World of Warcraft account on one system, your auctioneer mod, uh, mod installed on another. You take your LUA file, you bring it or you send it or you email it to yourself, whatever. And that other computer that doesn't even have WoW installed on it, it takes that LUA file and it reads the data from that file. So now you can look at what your prices are, what the, what the average price of something is, because the ruined auction house is not going to tell you what the average price is. It, you can sort by the lowest price available and the highest price available, but that's not going to tell you what the average cost of that item is. So what I've been doing is using Auction Scan, because uh, I convert everything to a CSV file, and I can you know, easily look at it in a spreadsheet and go, all right, the average price for you know a stack of Berean leather is 23 gold. This person here is selling it for 18 gold. All right, I'll buy that at 18 gold, and I will relist it immediately at 23 gold. And then I will try to do that as much as I possibly can, and that's exactly what I did using the auctioneer data that I had available to me for the average prices and bought out anything that was underpriced, which a lot of it is underpriced, was able to you know, just go crazy and, and risk it all, so to speak. Uh, but based on the data I had from that, I was able to make wise decisions in the uh, remote auction house in order, and to uh, facilitate my buying, what items I was buying at what price I was buying and what price I was relisting them at. So it's called Auction Scan, and Auction Scan is available over at auctioneeraddon.com. And as I said, that is that's been my big secret for the last what a week? A week that I've been doing this? Something like that. Now I can tell you this right now, I will not risk what I've got now again. <laughs> um lightning ain't gonna strike twice, I don't think. Um because that was you know, I figured it, it's a different risk. I was at around four K gold and you know, because I had <laughs> I was up to what? At one point, I had twice that. I had like 8K gold. And then I've been, you know, helping Root along, buying his gems and buying his enchants and doing the, buying mats for enchants and everything. So I've been spending all this gold. I'm like, man, I ain't. And so I figured, you know what? Roll the dice. I've got all this data in front of me. Let's make informed decisions using a remote auction house with actual my server's auction house data uh, so I know, you know, what people have mispriced on here and uh, so there you go highly recommend that particular thing now that kind of leads right into my auction house tip it's a beautiful segue from my auction house tip because like you they're not a lot of there are a lot of people who don't have access to the remote auction house why is beyond me but they don't you don't you and you said you would well until you just now told us about this thing I wasn't sure how you were Flipping things without the benefit of auctioneer, because that was what was kind of throwing me off. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So maybe I will now. Because, you know, you could log in while you were at work. But, okay, there are people, you'll agree there are people who don't have access to the remote auction. I will agree that. They think it's a waste of three bucks a month, because they can go buy themselves something that costs three dollars. Or they're just not around a computer if they're not. On their computer. Okay. To play yeah. Well. Well, they, yeah, yeah, it could be that they don't, you know, whatever they do during the day, you know, that could be like, I don't know. Not everyone's like rude, just sits there like with his laptop open and able to play WoW like while he works. I don't always do that. I don't think you always do that, but you're able to. 
most of the time. But I don't mm-hmm. always, I don't need to anymore because it used to be what I would do is jump on the auction house. But now I don't have to because I have access to the remote auction house. So I, I don't. Well, I'm saying not not everyone's job is on right. a computer. They could have like be like a flight attendant. Yeah. But now, now you know what's gonna happen because now they have internet access from a plane. So, oh, so they're gonna people do it from yeah, their iPhones. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Or they'll be on they'll be on the plane on WoW. And running around in like you know what? How long is our flight to Dallas? It's a uh, one hour fifty five minutes. I think I can get an ICC ten. <laughs> Or something like VOA. I can do VOA. Yeah, all right. Okay, I got an hour and ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyhow, um, so my tip this week is going to tell people how to get the most out of the remote auction house without even paying a dime for it. Now, Stompolina over at Rarcast, she mentioned a while back that, uh, number one, she considers it an unfair advantage for people who are going to pay for the remote auction house. Um, I, I I don't know if I agree or disagree. I don't think it's an unfair advantage. I think it's an obtainable advantage. It is an advantage, but I don't think it's unfair. Um, she noticed that on her server, prices for items were spiking during the day, where they used to be low during the day, because day traders, as I like to call us, are actually moving items during the day. So in order to get the most out of the remote auction house without actually using the remote auction house is understanding how day traders are doing what we're doing. Uh, day traders are going to make purchases early in the morning and they're going to try to profit from them just during the day. So I'm going to come in. My first thing I do after I do my morning uh, routine here at work is log into the remote auction house and see what's on there versus what I have on my spreadsheet. So again, we'll use my favorite you know, my Berean leather. I look at a stack of Berean leather. Someone's got a stack on there. It's listed for four gold, for five gold less, whatever. And it doesn't have to be four or five gold, but, you know, they have it listed for less than what the average price is. I'm going to purchase that and immediately relist it for, you know, what the average price is. Day traders also look for things on their own factions auction house that will sell well on the neutral auction house because I don't have to run anywhere. I go click summary on my uh, auctions tab, and I go down to the bottom and I click neutral auction house. And now I'm in the neutral auction house. So anything I have available to me in my bags is automatically available to me in the neutral auction house. And this is all bags. This is bags on my character. This is bags in my bank. And this is bags, you know, just any bag I've got. It's all combined into one, and I can, you know, just one click away to the neutral auction house. I'm not doing any kind of running. So day traders... Um, anything that I can see that's on my faction auction house that'll sell in a neutral auction house, I'm buying. And I'm going to go throw it up on the neutral auction house. Day traders will buy small stacks and list them back as a whole stack. Um, now, this is really cool in the remote auction house. It's a function that's automatic. I can have spewed all over my bag space a total of, let's say, 60 uh, Borean leathers. I can have some in lists of five, some in ten, some in whatever, twenty. I can have a total of sixteen there. And I tell the remote auction house when I'm creating my auctions, I want the maximum stacks available and the maximum amount of those stacks available. So it's going to put maximum is twenty, and I have sixty, so I'm gonna have a maximum of three stacks. So I boom, I hit a button and it creates three auctions for me right away. So I don't care that somebody has an auction of five or seven or three or nine, whatever, it doesn't matter to me anymore. As long as I can get 
a total a total amount of an even number that I can sell in stacks. Like 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, whatever. Day traders will also take a smaller profit margin per item because of the amount of time they have to make a profit. We've got all day. And I am looking to sell stuff during the day. So most of my uh, auctions that I'm doing during the day are 24-hour auctions. Unless it's something that I know is going to take a while to sell. Or if it's a bizarre day like a Monday, then I'll put it on later because I know Tuesday is going to be patch day. And I don't want to be locked out of the remote auction house as well on patch day because you don't get access to that. Um, when your server's down, so is your remote auction house. So during patch day, there you go. The day traders care more about the overall day's profit versus the profit on any single item. I just want to know that I've made a profit during the day. I, I track that. How much gold I've spent, how much gold I've made. And I track that on my little spreadsheet, and I'm really happy about it. And I go, woohoo. That way, when my boss comes by, he goes, oh, spreadsheet, you must be working. So i got to remember that. <laughs> hey, spreadsheets do it, man, all the time. So that is basically the mentality right now of what day traders are going through. Now, how do you turn that into an advantage? Now that you know how we think, how do you take advantage of that? Well, first of all, you want to list items at night or whatever, right before you log off. could be in the morning, could be night, whatever, right before you log off. And you make that particular auction for 24 hours. Because one of the things I'm looking for is auctions that are going to expire. I can sort by that just like you can in the regular auction house. I'm looking for stuff that's going to expire quickly. I'm either going to bid on it or I'm going to buy it out. You also want to get faction-specific items. And these are things that are easy for your faction to get, uh, like kittens for the alliance or cockroaches for the horde. And you want to list those on your faction's auction house. Now, before, what everybody would tell you is, you know, go get a, pick up a kitten, pick up a cockroach, whatever, run down to Booty Bay, and list on a booty bay. And what I'm looking at and what I'm seeing more of now is people are actually posting those on the their own factions auction house, at least on the Alliance side because I can't see the board side. Um, but on the Alliance side, I'm starting to see more kittens, and they're priced less than what they would be priced at the at the neutral auction house. But they're being priced to sell. So you can pick up something for 3 to 4 gold and go sell it for 5 to 6 gold or 10 gold over on the neutral auction house. So if I can relist it that quickly, I'm going to do it. So... If I if I'm trying to sell to the day trader, I'm going to put it up on the uh, my factions auction house at a price that's going to interest them, which is going to be a little less than what they're going to be selling for. But I'm still going to have enough to make a profit. I'm also going to suggest that people list their stackable items like Brian leather, list it in half quantities. So list it as a stack of ten. So you and then list it so you will get basically more money than you would if you listed it as a stack of twenty. So you're going to profit even more so. The reason you're doing that is because, again, since the remote auction house allows me to automatically stack from my max stacks on there, I don't care what quantity I'm buying it in, as long as my quantity equals, you know, the amount of you know amount, my maximum amount of stacks that I can do. That's all I'm caring about. So if you listed it, you know, you list ten here, ten there, and you listed it so you make a profit versus twenty, I don't care because I'm still going to make a profit when I relisted at twenty on on the auction house. But don't be overzealous. Keep your pricing competitive when you do that. Just, you know, because it's not going to be just the day traders looking at your stuff. You know, other people in the regular auction house looking at your stuff, too, for regular reasons. And you want to list multiple items that you find that the day traders like. Um, trade good items or stuff that is usable for somebody's trade skill uh, seem to be doing really well. Uh, again, I've, Berean leather is my all-time favorite right now. It's doing real well. Um, Arctic leather, Arctic fur, rather. 
Um, when I see those, I try to get those if they're not outrageously priced, and I try to you know sell those off as well. Um, things that people need, which have always sold well anyhow, I think are now selling better during the morning hours because of us crazy people who have access to remote auction house um, are buying them up and reselling them. And as I said before, you know the prices are con- they're going to continue to go up for a while, and up and up and up because day traders are are buying and selling, and trying to make crazy profits on it, you know, overnight. And I can tell you that it works. Um, what's it been about a week? I guess it's been about a week. That's a that's a big amount, in my opinion. I don't know. I don't think I've ever had this much gold before. Yeah, you have almost as much as me now. But mine's not just based on buying mm-hmm. and selling. Mine's actual trade goods and quests. And right, and I'm not counting. Uh, fat, or fat wallet. Root's got over 1,000 gold on him right now, which isn't a lot. But for a tune who's just running. Yeah, it's not bad. Know. He's actually earning stuff. Fat wallet has 15,000 right. just for, that you've taken from wait. other people. No, uh-uh. That's, I'm earning. You're saying he's not earning? All right, let me rephrase it. You are not producing anything. I'm reselling an item. I'm producing an item. I'm not. I'm not criticizing you. Nothing. Nothing unethical. <laughs> you saying I didn't work for it? You said I didn't I'm sweat for it. I didn't draw blood for it. I didn't target like one something. Just one of those Wall Street guys. I, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And you know, and you hit a you hit a point. Um, the ethics of it. And again, I don't. Think oh, I, I don't want to get into the ethics <laughs> of it. No. No, no, no. Uh, my whole point is that you have almost as much as me, whereas I am going from what I'm gathering, from right. what I'm crafting, from what right. I'm questing, and you are just doing it from flipping. Right. So that's a big difference. Yes. Yes. And it's impressive. And I'm not. I'm not going to try to like I said before. I'm not going to try to redo. I'm going to rest on these laurels for a while. Okay. And uh, we'll see how. Be a little conservative for a while. Yeah, because I I literally had like stomach cramps. <laughs> as stupid as that sounds, I'm like, oh, I'm lose all my gold. gold. I don't have anything left. I'm broke. <laughs> and, then, and I was thinking, man, I want to come on the podcast and say that fat wall is a failure. And I'll be like, oh, Fuckleface is going to be like, Root, what'd you do? <laughs> but yeah, I was I was very afraid that, that I would be ridiculed for that. I would ridicule so, you. And, you know, I was going to let you log in. We'll log in before we leave um, the studio here. I'll, let, I'll actually let you see. Because I was gonna let you do that during during the podcast, but it's kind of awkward to do it the way the studio set up. So, Freckleface, we have a segment here that I absolutely love. It's the adopt a pet segment where you talk about how to adopt different pets in the game of World of Warcraft. All right, well, this isn't so much focusing on one particular pet, okay, as it is more of like a tip on where to go. There is one guy you need to visit. You're going to be a serious collector. Mm. His name is Dealer Rashad. Okay. Yes, he, he's a dealer. He's a dealer. Mm. He is in Netherstorm. That's an Outland? It's an Outland. Okay. The it's purple place. The purple place where Area 52 is. Yes. Um, it's a little section called Storm Spire. You can see that on your map. Storm Spire. Yeah. It's got a gigantic elevator. Okay. That you take up there. Uh, anyways, this guy sells. Uh, pets from both factions, and he's got some unique ones. For example, he sells a cockroach, mm. which is horrid only usually. 
He also sells a brown rabbit, which is usually the lion's, the lion's. only. But he also sells a couple of things like a, a mana wormling. Like a mana wormling. And a blue dragon hawk hatchling. Now, when you say unique, do you mean that he has a limited quantity of these? Uh, I mean more you cannot get them anywhere else. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. He also sells a different color of the moth eggs. Do you like to sell those moth I eggs? I do like to sell them. He moth sells eggs. a red one for 10 gold. Mmm. Mm. So I think those moth eggs do really well, by the way, on the neutral auction house. Do you do more than 10 gold? No. They pull about between 6 and 10. Yeah. Right now. But I bet you that if I threw the red one on there, I could probably get 13 to 15 gold. You try it. I have to. Okay. That's my uh tip. So Dealer Rashad. Dealer Rashad. Storm Check him Spire out. and Nether Storm. Check him out and collect all his little pets. And I yeah, I'm just thinking I can get to um from Dalaran I can go to Shadrach. Yeah. Yeah. Now I have a trinket. No, it was a trinket, now it's just an item. As an engineer that takes me directly to Area 52. It's funny, because sometimes it gives you uh, little debuffs. <laughs> like, it gives me a two-hour debuff that says that you've been replaced by your evil twin. Oh, crazy. And nothing else changes. <laughs> and there's one, one time it said, like, some molecules got spiced or something. I was a blood elf. Oh, sweet. For like two hours. That's cool. Like, That's cool. Could you turn turn it off? You, like, get rid no, of it? it was oh. a debuff. Can't turn off debuffs. Oh, now, were you, did, like, anything else happen? Like, no. pricing change or anything? No. Crazy. Yeah. See, those engineers, I should have been an engineer. They're fun. They should have been an engineer. It's just expensive. I always looked at it as, as an expensive, uh, uh... Well, everything's expensive to level up except for the gathering stuff. Right. It's all about what can benefit you. Like, inscription... That's expensive. Yeah. Because there is barely anything I can sell, to be honest. Well, I mean, the engineer, most of the stuff you get is for you. Yeah, self So you, you're benefiting yourself. Well, you know, most of the stuff. You're, you're, was it Jeeves? Yeah. He can benefit other people during a raid and whatnot. Yeah. In the so. mailbox. Molly? You know, I don't know if that's so needed anymore now that you can pour it out of a dungeon and pour it back in. Uh, that's true. Well, you cannot pour it out of a raid, though. That's only if you're using Ooh, the LFD to go to a yeah. dungeon. Okay, that's very true. Yeah. That's very true. So if you're in a raid, then obviously those... You okay. may be needed. Yeah. Very needed, very Never needed. Know. I like that. All right. So, what's this on is, your mind this week? <laughs> this is not my favorite. My rant this week, and you can contribute to this because I think you've been here before. Okay. It's people who blame others for things that go wrong. And I'm kind of talking about the World of Warcraft, but it kind of spills over in real life as well. Oh, okay. Because, you know, anybody who blames, you know, there's an old adage that if, you know, if one finger's, if, if one finger's pointed to somebody else and you got four pointed back to you. But, you know, the big question is the question everybody asks in the game. Why did we wipe? So, you know, you wipe and everybody wants to know, hey, why did we wipe? What happened? What went wrong? And then you, what happens? You get the tank. And the tank says, the healer can't heal. Uh, the healer wasn't in range. You know, the, the guy's a noob, whatever. And then you get the healer going, well, the tank can't hold aggro. And the tank keeps running out of range, as you talked about earlier, having to, you know, run after the tank because he just keeps on running and tanking. And then you got the DPS going, man, it's not my fault. I'm a mage. Does anybody want to portal the Dalaran? 
It's never the mage's fault. It's or, or they ask, what you say here, want a pop tart? Yeah. See, you know, it's never the mage's fault. No. Never the mage's no. fault. But nobody ever wants to look at the overall dynamic of a group and to try to go, okay, why don't we try this strategy next? Instead, what they want to do is kick somebody out. Either the tank or the healer is typically the first one to go, you know, or the person who needed on the last item. Probably <laughs> just, and I just, I don't like the, you know, I know we get the 15 minute thing, but once you're in that 15 minutes, after that in, 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 the, in the dungeons, if you have a wipe and someone gets mad at the healer and you know, here's the vote to kick, and it's already coming up. That's like, no, I've, I, I typically, unless the healer is just, like not present or has an attitude because I've been in, in, in groups where the healer's like, I'm not healing you. You know, you ran off too quickly. You ran out of range, you know, or whatever. And I've been in this, it's like, you know what, let's not argue about it. Let's just get this done. In fact, I was in and you can help I think it's um Halls of Reflection. Is that the one where, where Arthur chases you by the frozen yeah. walls? Alright. Yeah. We're doing that and we got through like the ten waves or yeah, ten waves. Actually mm-hmm. we, we we wiped on the 6th, but it only took us back to the 5th. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And then the next wipe came at the very last wall. And that's the first place I ever wiped on that thing. Is after that night that you and I, and you went off to cook, cook dinner, and I stayed and, and tried to get through it. Yeah, like the fifth time. Yeah. yeah. That was a lot of wipes. Yeah. Um, but on this one, you know, immediately the tank and the healer are at each other's throats. You know, and it's the same thing I was saying, you know, as, as I was paraphrasing. The tank is blaming the healer because the healer's out of range. And the healer's, you know, you're, you're noob, you're slacking off. And the healer's blaming the tank because the healer's got to heal everybody else. And the tank is off, you know, trying to tank somebody else and he's out of range of the healer. And so they're blaming each other. And meanwhile, like, everybody else is there is going, guys, can we just stop pointing the fingers and let's just get through this thing? You know what I think an instance is like? Tell me. It's like a family with three kids. Or more. No. No. No, because the instance is five people. Okay. Well, you've... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, because I look at, you know, after playing healer, I kind of look at, all right, the tank and the healer... Don't get along. <laughs> they, no, they work They work very close to each other. They should be working close together, yes. They should be. And tank can go off by himself. Right. Because he's not getting healed. Healer needs a tank, but at the same time, like... Those are the two that are kind of running the group, in a way. Mm-hmm. Where if they fail, then everything falls apart. The VPS, like, they can kind of, like, run off or sit and chill or kind of go, okay, and doesn't really matter, you know? Um, Sometimes. Sometimes. Depends on the boss and where you're at, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, and where you're at. Um, That's kind of how I look at it. All right, I can see that analogy, but I just, you know, it, it just, it aggravates me when you've got a good group and things just, for whatever reason didn't mesh up like for instance in that same instance uh when we wiped on that that sixth pull we stopped and we said what happened it wasn't a blaming of anything and as it turned out i kind of see it as my fault because i didn't i wasn't i was targeting the mages and not the priests now i was in earlier in earlier waves i was targeting the priests but i was like I didn't see the priest because I was stuck over on the wall because the guy said, don't get off the wall. <laughs> so then I was like, well, I didn't see the priest because it wasn't in my line of sight. 
So when I was doing my little tab targeting, the priest never came up. And so the guy's, all right, this time, move around and see what you get. I'm like, all right, cool. So then we went back through it, and I was seeing priests all the time. So I was taking the priests out so that way the priest couldn't heal everybody else. So that works. But then as soon as we get into where Arthas is chasing down the frozen walls bit, the gauntlet, I guess they call that, um, there was complete pointing fingers at each other. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you don't accomplish anything, you mm-hmm. know, unless you know, okay, instead of saying you're a stupid healer because you're out of range, you could say, hey, like, case in point, this is beautiful. Um, on, on some other instance I was in, the healer, as soon as you get in, the first thing the guy said was, Hey, I'm sorry, the tank, as soon as he got in, the first thing he said was to the healer was, be sure to keep up with me, I tend to run around. And I'm like, I love it. Communication, the healer knows what to expect. So if that, in the other instance I was in where they're pointing fingers at each other, if the tank had just said, look, dude, my bad, I'm sorry, um, maybe I got out of your range. Uh, I'll try to stay in, or maybe we should, you know, let's, st- let's, let's as a group, stick closer together. As opposed to going, you suck. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and and that's everybody's answer to everything. What was uh, I was in a was dead mines the other day, so playing like my really low level. Yeah, I was like, wow. Dead mines. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, we were in that little goblin workshop type place, right? Where right. You can get like five thousand of them on you. Somehow we aggroed like a whole bunch. We all died, and someone said it was the warrior who's tanking who said, "Don't." attack until I thunderclap and he's talking to the druid because I don't know I'm sure why but he's like oh you pulled this guy and he pulled everyone else and the guy's like no I didn't have gotten this really bad argument mm. you know and rather than just saying like okay either just letting either the tank letting it go and say alright well let's just try it again or the DPS just saying okay well I'll try not to do that let's just try it again they just argue about it until the TPS left. He said, I'm out. Right. And after that, the other paladin said, oh, hey, dude, I think that's my fault. I think I did that. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. You know, it wasn't the guy's fault. Yeah. Well, uh, well what's, and I, you know, I'm, I'm so bad. I'm so horrible at, at, at dungeon names. I can describe them, but I'm just so horrible at them. What's the one um, that the strategy is you go through like this ice tunnel and the strategy is like run to the middle and get all the guys aggroed into the middle. And there's like the things crumbling on you. That is the pit of Saron. Yeah, that yeah. one. All right. Well, I was in there, I guess it was last week. <laughs> and we went in there and we had a complete wipe. And so everybody, you know, got res. We got back to the front of, actually, I flew in. But I learned to wait, learned how to get in there. I didn't know before. <laughs> that whole little area. But anyhow, um, got back to the tunnel. And we're like, all right, everybody run to the middle, and we'll we'll get everybody in there. And so it was like everybody kind of hesitant to go, to go, to go. And so the druid goes, and the tank goes, and I go. And I'm running for the middle. And, like, everybody else got distracted or or caught by a a fallen rock or something. And so I'm the first guy to end up in the middle. And I turn around, and I last about a second and a half. Yeah. I'm like, where is everyone? And I'm dead. Mm Mm-hmm. And I look, and I'm looking at chat, and uh, one of the guy goes, hey, the warlock's going to go tank. I'm like, no, the warlock's not tanking. The warlock is doing what you guys said to do. Uh-huh. You guys said, go to the middle. I'm in the middle. Not my fault, you guys, of course. And I'm sitting there and waiting and waiting and waiting, and I'm like, all right, priest, any any time now, you know, because the battle is over. I'm not waiting. I don't want a battle. Well, he's not a druid. But, I, you know, I'm like, any, you know, 
res? He's like, no, run. Aww. I'm like, excuse me? And he goes, he goes, he goes, you got killed on no, you know, no part of my own. You know, you know, you get, you got yourself killed. You can run back. And I was like, y'all can have fun. <laughs> and I left. <laughs> so I'm like, y'all, y'all can have that party and do whatever you want to with it. Cause I'm not going to be part of it. So I took my soul stone and left. Oh, jerk face. Nah, it's all right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think those, you know, it was all right. Right. I didn't. I didn't notice if I got my debuff. I guess I did. I didn't notice. You probably went on and did something else. Probably, probably. But yeah, you know, it's gonna happen. But you don't have to be a jerk about things all the time. No, you don't. It's all about attitude. Well, that was like in in that one mirror. I was talking about the instance where that the the gnome warrior died like six times. Mm-hmm. At the end of it, everybody's like, "Good job, good job." One guy's like, "Ah, oh, yeah." Except for you, root, you sucked. I'm like, "Oh man, thanks." <laughs> and then he goes, oh, "I was just kidding." <laughs> and I was like, I know, I don't care. You know, I could have gone in the other way. I'm like, I do not, blah, blah, blah. Here's my gear score. But no, I'm just like, ah, whatever. Yeah, thanks, man. Because it's all about the attitude you have when people you know, do stuff. And you can really defuse the situation by not getting angry as well. Wow, oh, and to like, be fair, I have I have caused a wipe on my mage. Well, I've caused many a wipe. I know I have. Well, I'll tell you how. How did you cause your wipe? And I, I'll tell you how I caused mine. Okay. I cast mirror image. Right. Spawns three copies of myself. They have a mind of their own. (laughs) Do they? Let's attack anything. They will attack anything. Doesn't matter how far away. I've seen them in that halls of reflection. Right. They will go after the Lich King. They don't even care. Oh wow, that's crazy. (laughs) Well, that doesn't do anything, but still, it's it's more like uh, the old kingdom when there's kind of clusters of mobs, right? And they will attack one of those clusters. (laughs) Clusters. We'll attack a cluster and bring the whole thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Add, All right. Add. So, add you. so that was your your wipe was your, yeah. your crazy disc going. going my clones, off. they just your clones yeah, of mines crazy. of their own. Yeah. Uh, mine was, I had um re I, I redid one of my my macros for my dots. Mm-hmm. So now, based on key combination, I'm either going to cast seed of corruption or corruption. Now, What's see the difference? The, the difference is corruption um, is just a dot, and you know it corrupts the person. I forget exactly what it does, but it's a dot. Right. And seed of corruption is a time dot with an AOE effect at the end of it. Oh, okay. And what it does is it, it hits off for like some kind of shadow damage to people yeah. within fifteen yards of the guy who just blew up. Mm-hmm. And I had not paid attention to what I was doing, I actually casted Seed of Corruption on uh, a spider guy. And it's in a little, it's one of the, I don't know the name of it, me my instances again. It's, Is it one with the big drop? Yeah. So A-N. All right, yeah, A-N. And uh, it's got those, the first room you get to is like there's spiders and there's like a, a mini boss right there. And it's mm-hmm. a spider boss. Mm-hmm. Well, the... We'd already cleared, like, the little spiders, and it's like, go get him. Don't let these guys in here, whatever they're talking about. Yeah. And I'm like, Seed of Corruption, but I miscast Seed of Corruption. I meant to cast Corruption, but mm. I wasn't thinking. And, like, the tank had already got the guy, like, just out of, I guess he was just out of aggro range from the big boss. And boom, Seed of Corruption blows, and out comes the big boss. And so now <laughs> we have two elites and the big boss. And they're like, what happened? And uh, it's a complete <laughs> wipe. And I'm like, I did it. It's me. Seed of Corruption, fixing it right now. I'm on it. <laughs> They're like, 
You did what? At least it wasn't your pet. That always cracks me up. Oh, like I've done that. I have done that. Yep. They're like pets, like rawr, yep. like goes and aggroes the boss. I have done that before, where I've had my pet on um, um, aggressive. Well, I, I rarely have it on aggressive. Rarely. Um, the only time I have it on aggressive is I, I go into like a lobby area. Like one day I was hanging out in Booty Bay and and I was just running around for whatever reason, and there was a guy like stuck there, and he was. He was on the sandy beach area by where all the tents are, where all the warlocks are. And he's Yeah, the coves. Yeah, and he needed yeah. to clear all those warlocks. I'm like, you need some help? He's like, yeah. I put the, we pull out the void walker, put him on aggressive, and he wouldn't clear the whole camp out for him. So that's the only time. Now, um, did you go back into Booty Bait on aggressive? Because that would have been like <laughs> On a PvP server when it goes after yeah. a horde, it just like <laughs> smacks like, eh. And then like... All the, the guards guard, attack you. The guards like, right. You know, I beat you with clubs. <laughs> I did that in um, uh, Tenaris. So, yeah, yeah that was my. That. I didn't realize <laughs> the guy came up to me and he was like taunting me. Oh no, it was a rogue who was sapping me. Uh huh. And apparently that doesn't aggro the guards. And I'm like, no. and I'm like, you dirty. And I had like, you know, I saw him. I'm like, you're going down. And I'm like, hit the pet on him. And then the pet goes and and all the guards come and kill me. I'm like, what? Just and the guy oh. laughed at me. So I tell you, what was the worst. It was a this is an outland scenario and refuge. All I right. went to go click on the mailbox, right click on the mailbox. Gotcha. And I accidentally <laughs> punched somebody. Like oh, literally no. just punched somebody, just like this click. So I didn't do anything to him, just kinda like, you know, smack. Oh. <laughs> and I was dead. Oh jeez. No, my my wipe, um well, I said the wipe. No, I've been I've been in places that where you accidentally your pet's on aggressive or Worse, and I've done this before too. Um, you're, you know, I do my my tab targeting, which people hate, but I typically like it. And uh, accidentally send my pet off onto a boss before there, everybody's ready. Yeah. And it's like, you know, sure, send the little guy. And I'm like, oh no! <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and all of a sudden, the firebolt goes off, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Here, just let me cast Hellfire now and kill myself. <laughs> okay, that was a really long rant. I don't even know where we got to what we're talking about. But, that, um, that's typical. But you know what? That, that about goes. does it for this episode, I think. I think we've chatted long enough for, for our listeners this week. It's our longest episode ever. Ever. That's great. Ever. But hey, you know what? Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check out the website over at www.hearthcast.com. Remember, our Hearthcast hotline is 321558 Seven six three seven, or email us at contribute at hearthcast.com or you can use our website submission form over on our website. And if you like what you heard, spread the word. Ooh. Tell your friends and your guildmates. And if you link to us from your blog, we'll give you a link back. Yeah, we're probably even talking about it in the show like we did for um, judgedbylight.blogspot.com. Until next time, this has been Root and Freckleface for hearthcast.com.
my art elf person. It's Carl. It's Carl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you spit on the microphone when you did that. I did not. <laughs> that, that would be yes. That was. <laughs> that's why I saw it going like, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> Murloc themed solid pewter lid. Pewter. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. It's, it's just odd that they make him make an, e- make an email. Why did we wipe? And it's to be clean. Your booty. No. <laughs> I'm totally doing a blooper drill this time. <laughs>